Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. There isn't anything else. We'll get started. So uh, you'll just have to bear with me this morning. Uh, got a call this morning, uh, Bill being ill, so kind of shooting from the from the hip here. Um, but we've been, uh, you know, there's so much fear out there and so many different things, things that are disturbing. And uh, um, I know my own weaknesses. Uh, I tend to fret about things, um, not so much out of fear, but just uh, over, like seeing the world and the wickedness that's about. And you feel that weight, uh, the push of uh, wicked schemes. And it's like there's no reason or logic, and you cannot reason or logic with some of those ideas. Um, it's very difficult, so it just gets uh, pressing, you know. And um, seeing hearts that are so hardened is uh, very discouraging as well. It's like um, I desire that people would see and have a heart that would yield. And there's other things to knowing my weaknesses, getting frustrated, or uh, it's easy to become angry and, and bitter. Um, it's like uh, this uh, virus that's out there. And the um, overreaction to some of this stuff is pretty crippling to our economy and other things. And um, I've been just trying to kind of ignore it because it's uh, some of the lies and the different things that are being pushed is causing so much fear and pandemonium. Well, I thought, okay, I can just kind of ignore that. But this week I got an email um, of a class that I have to take. It's required. I've already taken a portion, spent a lot of money and time, and uh, I'd already paid for this course. And all of a sudden I get an email that says, oh, by the way, uh, your course is being canceled, even though I've paid for it. And But we've set up a webinar. So if any of you know me, I don't really care for technology too much. It's like I don't like texting. I don't like phone calls even. Uh, I like face-to-face. It's like uh, that way I can read. And you can't get away. You know, and you can't lie to me because your body will tell me the truth when it's face to face. Well, I get this email and this webinar and I'm like, I don't even know what a webinar is for sure. I couldn't (laughs) quite tell you. I I think it's kind of these things where you look on your computer and they got a video of what's going on in the class and it's supposed to be somewhat interactive. So they said, and all this stuff that they're doing for me, um, making this a possibility so I don't get this COVID thing, um, which I think is contagions of vile individuals' diseases, and there's 19 mutations. That's what that stands for. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like this webinar. What in the world? A webinar? I don't want to do a webinar. But then I'm reading down and it says, uh, you need a computer that has certain bandwidth, which I don't quite understand. And I know that where we live, there's no way we'd have a bandwidth. We don't even get text messages half the time. 
And then um, you needed the one that has a video thing on there because they want you to be interactive. It's like interactive with a computer? What in the world? And then they said you can't use your cell phone because I've been doing most of my business stuff on my cell phone. Uh, but you can't use your cell phone because there's feedback or something. And I'm like, so for me, having the reaction... You know, what's the appropriate reaction and response? Those are the sort of things that get me to fret and get me to become angry and bitter. You know, the, the, the reactions of the flesh. And um, when I know it's based on a lot of fallacy, you know, not truth, not science, not mathematic uh, um, equations for what are the probabilities you know, the probabilities for other things happening are way higher by a long shot. And so those sort of things bother me. And then, so then it's like, what's the response? Bitter. God doesn't want us to be bitter. He says, uh, let all anger, bitterness, and wrath be put away from you, but put on. And that's where I want to get to today. Is uh, and you guys have heard me talk about the opposition factor, uh, but basically it's overcoming. And uh, I talked here recently about faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Well, faithfulness comes from God's word. How was Jesus able to be faithful in battles against Satan? When Satan came in at various times, what did God do? What did Jesus do? He used the Scriptures, right? He went to the Scriptures. And today, hopefully, we will use the Scriptures to show you how to wage war and how to overcome. Talked about weaknesses during my prayer meditation a little bit. You know, when we can identify and have a heart that's open to knowing where we are weak, because God says when you're weak, then you are strong. It's kind of a weird sort of thing. But I think part of it is, is when you're weak, you're usually your heart's a little more willing to yield. You understand those weaknesses. You understand where, hey, I'm not quite up to par here. But God is the one, he says in the scripture, that makes us adequate. He's the one who makes us stand. So if we can trust in him and go to his word and use his weapons of spiritual warfare to overcome... And that's what I want to give you today is a few scriptures talking about overcoming, and then I'll give a few examples that I have used using God's Word to overcome, you know, because God doesn't want us to be angry or bitter. He says, be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And he says, the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. So, but to deny that we don't have emotions that we aren't affected, that's a lie as well. You need to understand that, hey, there are emotions, then there are things that come up, but to have self-control, that's a godly character trait, right? Over these emotions, be angry and yet do not sin. Okay? What about the tender-heartedness? What about the gentleness? You know, if we think, oh man, I angry. No, that's not Jesus. Jesus wants us to put on Christ. He wants us to put on his character. And there's some ways of waging battle and to overcome these things. 
So let's get started. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So here's again, and if you can kind of think of, uh, I use the title and other uh, messages I've given is the opposition factor. And you see it throughout the scriptures, okay? And we'll go and show you that. But it says, do not be overcome by evil. We, we don't want to be overcome by evil. We don't want bitterness and anger. Like, you know, those are some of my weaknesses when, uh, at least as far as these sort of situations go. But in other situations, I don't have to worry about I'm kind of this low-key sort of guy. Throughout my career, somebody would be yelling and screaming, pointing guns at me, doing all sorts of stuff. And it was just kind of like, that's why I don't talk loud. Because when um, uh, I talk at this level, you know what? Somebody would be screaming like nobody's business. Pretty soon, they can't hear what I'm saying because I'll just start talking. And pretty soon, they got to be quiet to be able to... They can see my mouth moving. And they can see me just kind of like, hey, dude, what's up? You know, it's like, so in those sort of situations, those sort of things don't don't bother me. I don't fret over that type of stuff. And, you know, the the things that are going on, but the political stuff and uh, all those different things in my job, I I don't miss those those things. Those are the sort of things that just weigh heavy. And that's where I know where my weaknesses are. But God says, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Now, being overcome, we don't want to be there. That's a bad place to be, and I want to, I want to give a couple warnings and to show you how important to put this process into play in your own life is. So let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. Second Peter 2. And we're going to start in uh, the second half of verse 19. For by what a man is overcome by this, he is enslaved. For if after they've escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled them in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed to them. It has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. We don't, we've been freed from sin. We don't want to be slaves of Satan's little schemes. You know, it talks about, it says... Um, Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to overcome the schemes of the devil. It's so important that we put on, that we actually do something so that we're not overcome. If you just think that you can hunker in your bunker and, hey, this will all blow over, no. Because by not doing anything, you've made a choice and you are doing something. It's not overcoming, you are being overcome. Just doing nothing has made the choice to be overcome. So make it, you know, set in your mind 
that you are going to do something because only by action is the reverse done away with. So if you're being kind, can you be mean? Or vice versa, if you're being mean, can you be kind? Nope. Those oppose each other. And you're either going to be doing one or you're going to be doing the other. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground when it comes to the battle. You're either on one side or the other. God says you're either for me or you're against me. There can't be any middle ground because middle ground is choosing a side. Romans 6. Again, part of the warning about being overcome. Verses 16 through 19, and he's talking about, you know, don't let sin, uh, you know, may we continue in sin that grace may increase. May it never be. He's talking about the freedom that we have and the ability to overcome. But he says here, starting in verse 16, do you not know that when you're, you present yourselves to someone as slaves of obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? You present yourself to one or the other. Again, there is no middle ground. And you're either a slave of one or slave of the other. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you were presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification." Verse 17, he says there, uh, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching which you were committed. Be committed to what you know. You've heard the message. You've heard the gift that God's given you. But it, it takes commitment to overcome. It takes commitment and choice and action to not be overcome. And to be overcome and to be slaves is a bad place to be. So this is very, very vital. This overcoming. God desires you to overcome. You have overcome through Him. He has paid the price. He's given us His Spirit that we may walk in newness of life. He says, you've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which He prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. It's not just sitting. No, it's walking in them. And only by walking will you overcome. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. Verses 1 through 13. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That, that slate has been wiped clean. What a wondrous thing. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, we have mercy, we have grace. 
to be able to run and walk. There are no entanglements. There's no, it's like, if any of you ever wore those weights when you walk in or you're trying to carry a heavy load, it's like when we were coming out of Hell's Canyon with ram meat on our back and Logan had the, the head and horns, that thing, I don't know how he did that. And we are hurting. <laughs> and it is amazing, that load and the cramps that I got. I'd have been fine. Um, my lungs and stuff, I had no problem there. My feet were fine. Poor Brian, his feet, not so much. It's like if his feet were fine, had no problems. But for me, it was the cramps. I got these cramps so bad, both front and back. Have any of you ever had a cramp? These cramps were so bad, and it was front and back, and my calves, and they were locked up. Literally, I was on the ground. And Alton came over and was trying to pull my leg out physically. He knew how strong he is. And that's how bad those cramps were. So when you have that weight and you have something that entangles and holds you so much, you cannot do anything. The thing is, is Christ took those things away so that you can. He took those loads. He took those things away. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, that sin held you up and bound you, right? For what the law could do not could not do, weak as it was through his, the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and His offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk. It's not like, well, who sit around or whatever. No. The expectation is that you are walking. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And now we're kind of getting into a little bit of the opposition factor. God says, do not be overcome by sin, but overcome sin or overcome evil with good. Who do not walk according to the flesh, because that's one way of walking, but walking by the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So you have a choice of setting your mind, a mindset. You get to choose whether you set it on the flesh. So what? I could, uh, with all the things that are going on, the political stuff and everything, I could get my mind set on some of that stuff, and what happens? I start thinking on it, thinking on it, and the situation gets worse and worse and worse. So one of the first things is changing the mindset, the mind on the spirit. And what am I gonna, where am I going to know what the Spirit's mind is? It's in God's Word. So, And I'm going to get to a couple of the things, of examples that I use to overcome some of the weaknesses that I have, that I know are my weaknesses, and that I have to practice to be able to overcome. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. You realize how important this opposition factor, this, this overcoming evil is? Because just the mindset alone, if you choose to have your mind on the flesh, it is death. But the mind on the spirit 
is life and peace. For me, that bitterness, you know, and all that stuff and that weight of the wickedness around, you want peace? Because what happens? Usually it's all that, ugh, these people, ugh. That's not peaceful at all. But God's peace is different. It doesn't mean that that's, those things go away. It just means that there's peace and there is life. It's like when you let those things go, how peaceful and how much life there is. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God and is not even able. When you make that choice, you can't do it the other way. And it's, you're not able to even please God. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh. That's the thing is, you got to remember that you died. That old fleshly man died in baptism. He was buried. That operation cut away. Raised to walk in newness of life. There's a new man. But in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive <clears throat> or life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So that presence of God in you, now we have the power. We have the ability to overcome. So then, brethren, we are under obligation. There's an obligation because of the price that was paid for you. You're not your own. Are, are you to live in sin? Are you to give in to those weaknesses and the things that the pressure's around? No. The obligation is not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to the death the deeds of the body, you will live. Here's the opposition of factor. How do you overcome those fleshly things, those things like anger and bitterness and different things? It's by the Spirit. And you say, well, what does that mean? What does it mean? This is like, well, if you're living according to flesh, you must die. Oh, goodness gracious, this is a bad place to be because I just this, these things just keep coming. I'm a, I just want to give up. Well, God doesn't want you to grow weary and lose heart. He says, if you are living according to the flesh, but if by the Spirit, if you're living by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, you're putting to death the deeds of the body. There is action. You got to put to death those deeds that come up. Those things that are coming in, you got to, you got to kill them. And only by doing will you overcome. Only by doing will you live. You cannot just, well, I'm just going to ride this thing along. Because by doing that, you've made a choice. And you made a choice to be in a wrong place. So unfortunately, the, it's an easy answer, but it's a hard thing to put into place. Because it is battle. It's a battle each and every day to make that choice to do something. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And here, um, 
I want to show you again that opposition factor, those opposing forces. Because that's what the devil wants. He's the opposing force. He's the one that wants to, oh man, you're so terrible. Oh, you may as well just give up. You're, you're never going to get this. You know, just, just stop and give up. That's what the devil wants you to do. Galatians 5, let's look at verse 1 first. Um, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So you've been freed. Don't don't be subject to that stuff again because those things just keep coming at you, right? The devil's... Now that you're a Christian, you think it's going to be easier? No. John, boy, the devil is going to ramp things up like nobody's business. He will come up with all sorts of things because he does not want you to go forward. He does not want you to win. He doesn't want you to know that you're on the winning team, that you can win and you can overcome. But you got to choose. One is the mindset and then choose to do something. Let's, uh, Galatians 5, let's jump down to verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the, des- uh, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. They opposed. You know, Look at the kindness and meanness. They're the opposite ends of the spectrum. And they cannot exist together. Either there's going to be one or there's going to be the other. They oppose each other. So that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So we all have the Spirit, right, in us. We're led by the Spirit as it's talked about in Romans chapter 8. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident. So, um, now we know what, you know, there, here's a list of things that are the fleshly sort of things, the fleshly mindset, the things that we know that some of us struggle with, all right? Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. So that is just a little bit. We all know what all those things are. Of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Practice. That's the thing is, a lot of people go, well, man, you look at this list, and I got some of these things that are in my, oh, man, I may as well just give up. That's what the devil wants you to see. He doesn't want you to see that those things have been paid for. Okay, that those things have been done. But, he says, those who practice such things. What is practiced in your life? Because if you're practicing one thing, like meanness, there will be no kindness. But once in a while, sometimes it raises ugly head, but then it's like, hey, God, oh, hey, I fell off the horse again. Get back up on. All right? What are you practicing? Because if you're practicing one thing, you cannot be practicing the other. Verse 22, But 
The fruit of the Spirit is. Okay, what is walking by the Spirit? What is, what does that look like? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. So there's a bunch of other things like loving kindness, mercy, and grace. I mean, the list goes on and on. Those are all fruits of the Spirit. That's the character of Christ. And we see the fruits of the Spirit. But he says, back further, he says, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You have to walk. You have to put one foot in front of the other. So if there is, like in me, a tendency for certain things to come up to get my anger, like all I have to do is watch the news once in a while or look at the paper. Like I go down to my mom and dad's, how do they get the paper? We don't submit to the paper. But I see it there, and it's got these little teasers, you know. And you go, and, you, and Carrie's like, don't look at that. <laughs> don't look at that. Because she knows. And she knows how to help me. It's like uh, once in a while, she have that TV on, something will pop up, and she knows to switch channel. Because she knows that my weakness is, is get over that stuff. And it's okay to have a godly anger, but let that anger turn it into something that's good. It's like do something about it. Walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out. So what do I need to do? What does, how do I overcome that, that tendency to have an anger that's not a good anger, or the bitterness that just kind of gets down into your stomach. Well, what do I need to do? I need to find the character of Christ that opposes that, and then I need to put it into practice, and how does that look like in the Jeff suit? How do I walk by the Spirit so that I overcome those things, because I've got to do and I have to practice and put into play. I need to put on Christ, walk by His Spirit, so that I'm not overcome. So let's look at a few examples of how I have went to God's Word to overcome. Philippians chapter 4. And I don't know how much to encourage you guys how this stuff works. But the thing is, is some of these things I've practiced for years. One of the things was, as uh, I've told you, one of the weaknesses is to, to allow some of these political things or some of the, the wickedness around to get me just... <clears throat> you know, like Brian has said, is sometimes you don't want to be around people. But Jesus wanted to be around people. Sometimes he, he needed to get away, right? He needed to have that time. But what happened? He came off the mountain because he knew those, those needs. And he, he got, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave. He did. It's like, why does He want to come see me? This black, ugly. Ugh. It says, we were. All these things. But He loved us so much that He did something. And so, <clears throat> when all those things started coming, I saw those weaknesses for me, I decided, hey, I really saw how it was affecting uh, those around. 
And I did not want to be that bitter and that angry and not to be running around people that God loves. So I had to memorize some passages. I had to, like in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, verse 14 and following, talks about the love of Christ controlling me. I needed to have His love. And it says, Therefore I recognize no one according to the flesh, thus no longer. I didn't want to look at the people and the things around me. I had to change my mindset. What? To look at them as Christ sees them. As a soul. An eternal soul. And that the world that God gave His only Son for them. So what kind of mindset, what kind of attitude should I have towards all those around me? I should want to go. I should want to do that because Jesus did. And that's the type of mindset. And you get to choose to have that mindset, just like it talks about in Romans chapter 8. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. If you have that spiritual mindset, and then to put it into practice. Now, okay, so I don't recognize them according to the flesh. And it's the Christ's love that controls me. So my love for Him, His love for me, is making me choose to walk by the Spirit. So here's a passage. So using those passages that you heard me kind of quoting, I went to this. Because I was realizing that I was getting pretty negative. And I saw how it was affecting my family. All of a sudden, the reflection was coming back. It's like, Jeff, wake up. What? And I was like... God, man, I'm, and I just felt like I was in one of those things where it just kept, boom, falling. You know, the next day, falling. The next day, falling. But I had made up in my mind, I am not going to stop trying. And I think that's part of the thing that God wants. He realizes that we have weaknesses. He realizes that there's a battle going on. But if you just choose, uh, I can't, I'm going to give up. God doesn't want you to grow weary and lose heart. He wants you to keep trying. And I think that's part of faithfulness is trusting that I'm going to keep getting back up in the saddle. That was one thing that I was going to do. It's like, okay, God, I don't know how to do this, really, and I'm not sure how it's going to work. So that's when I started going to His Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. I wanted to be faithful. I wanted to please Him. And I wanted to change. So I found these passages talking about Basically, what I call the opposition factor. I'm like, okay, then how does that work? How do I apply the Scriptures to overcome? So, how about this? Bad attitude. Jeff had a bad attitude. He was negative, and it was affecting those around him. Right? So, what was I doing? Walking by the flesh, right? So, what do I need to do? I need to walk by the Spirit. And here's a passage that I use. Because... I wanted to be faithful, so I'm using God's Word, right? That's the only place you can be faithful is in God's Word. So I memorized this. Philippians 4, 4 through uh, 4, 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, 
dwell or ponder on these things. And the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So, let's kind of break this down a little bit. So I took this passage because what? I wasn't rejoicing. What was I? I was being pretty bitter and angry and angry at the world. And it's just like, I wasn't very happy. My family wasn't very happy. I was bringing people down around me. And is that Christ? No, that's the flesh. So how am I going to use this principle in the Scriptures to over not be overcome, but overcome evil with good? You have to practice the good to overcome the evil. So I took this Scripture and I memorized it. Because if I'm rejoicing, does, does bitterness have a hard time being... You know, oil and water don't mix, do they? So if I'm rejoicing, how can I be bitter? How can I be negative if I'm rejoicing? So boy, it, it had to come down. I'm like, whew. It got to the point of even, and I've told you guys this before, in my prayers, because I don't know about you, but you get praying. Well, God says to cast all my anxiety on Him. So I'm like, God, these people are just like, ugh! And this, this, the world, and oh man, our, our, this politician is just, ugh. Am I casting my anxiety? No. <laughs> I'm building my anxiety even in my prayer. That's, that's not a good thing. So I had to even change my prayer to the point of just writing out. And I, I got to the point where I go, God, I can only write down the positive things. Because if I even try to think about what I want to get rid of, hey, forgive me, boom, I'm done. Okay, now I go on and I start listing the things that I'm rejoicing over. Even in the bad situations, I tried to find something good about it. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. If you're rejoicing always, you cannot be bitter and angry. You will not walk according to that fleshly mindset. The Lord is near, understanding that He is there and He is in me and that I can. And recognizing that and understanding that is so important. And knowing that you can't hide anything. Oh, well, God, I wasn't really bitter. I wasn't really angry. Come on. Don't deceive yourself. Admit that, hey, okay, got an issue here. God, I need your help. He is near. Be anxious. You know, He's... Scriptures talk about, hey, why fret over all these things? We fret. It only leads to evil doing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. So I needed to be in prayer a lot more. If you're praying, how can you be doing something else, right? With what? Thanksgiving. Again, rejoicing and thanks, finding things to be thankful for. Because if you're being thankful, how can you be uncontent and bitter and all those sorts? No, they don't mix. And the peace of God. And I needed that peace. It doesn't mean that the things go away, but the peace is there. The calmness is there. No matter what this, what's going on. It's a raging storm. Look at Jesus asleep in the bow of the boat. Things, the storm, you know, is just going. But God's peace is there in the situations, no matter what. 
my daughter-in-law and I have talked about things, stressful stuff. And it's like, but doing practicing God's principles brings about peace, even in a situation that's rugged. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, the mindset too. What are you thinking about? I had to think about what was honorable. I had to think about what was right. Because if I'm thinking about honorable and right things, am I thinking about all the, the garbage? But you have to do it. You have to practice it. Because if you don't, it won't work. You're going to be overcome. You have to walk by the Spirit. And again, if you practice these things, practice them in my, in my life. So I had to think of, and we're going to the next passage to close, Ephesians chapter 4. So the first part is, you know, even in your mind and practicing, coming up with uh, some of those spiritual things is in, now how do I practice those things in my life? So how do, okay, I can in my prayers rejoice. You know, that's kind of a one-on-one sort of thing with God. But what about actually where it's an overt action? Oh, uh uh-oh. Really, i got to do some overt action? Yeah. You really want to overcome? It has to be visualized and seen and practiced by you so that it will be and manifested in you. Ephesians 4.29 Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. So you know I was going to work and it's so easy then. Boy, I tell you what. Knowing where the devil prowls around, God says, uh, hey, don't give the devil an opportunity. Know the places where you are weak. Know the situations where the devil's more evident to be. And don't go there if you can. But hey, I had to go to work. And I had to go to the briefing. And I'd be in there. And what do you hear? Negative, negative, negative. Oh, man, this guy's terrible. Oh, this thing is so terrible. And you hear about the guys who are listening to the AM radio stations. And man, those guys, holy cow. What are they putting in? Negative, 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 negative. And what's coming out? Negative, 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 negative. And now I'm sitting there like, oh, God, I don't want to hear this. Oh, no. It just, boom, right in your face, the thing that you've been struggling with. Right? Well, okay, not you, me. So I'm like, oh, Lord God in heaven, help me. So knowing that I had to be at those places and knowing that I was going to face that, knowing that now what? What happens when all of a sudden that? It's like, Jeff, come join us. (laughs) We got some talking to do. The devil's wanting me to walk by the flesh. He's wanting me to jump right in and go, yep, that's a bunch of garbage you need. Oh, I don't like these people. Like, oh, God, man, I just screwed up again. So I had to think ahead of time in the battles and knowing the situations, knowing where the devil was going to be present. Now, I've got to be there. What am I going to do? I have to do something, right? By the scriptures, we see that if I'm not, if I want to be, if I want to be an overcomer, if I want to overcome that evil, I have to overcome it with good. So how? Went to this passage because what happened? My speech was not wholesome. I was finding out what my speech was doing. 
So what's unwholesome? Rotten. So what's the opposite of unwholesome? Wholesome words. I wanted to speak wholesome words and only words for good of edification. What does edification mean? To build. So my words and the things that came out of my mouth needed to build those around me, to build myself, to build everybody that would hear and see me. And only needed words that they would give grace to those who hear. Grace is a gift, right? God gave us a gift in His grace. Give grace. I wanted my words to give grace to those who would hear. So I had to think ahead of time, not that I was going to say unwholesome words, like the negative ones is tearing everybody else down, and even talking about our governor or the president or whoever. The only words I was going to speak And I had to speak them because I had to overcome. So I made it. I'm going to briefing today. And when they start talking about this person, that person, or this situation, I was going to bring the positive in, and I was actually going to speak the positive. I'm telling you what, you talk about throwing cold water. You want to shut a room up? Boy, it was pretty scary. But I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Sometimes I screwed up, you know, and didn't get... I had to keep practicing because you don't get good at something until you're practicing, until you're doing a little bit more. Well, I started practicing, and then I started seeing the effects. I started seeing the effects on my own attitude and the peace that it brought me. And the peace that it brought to those around me. If you're rejoicing, speaking rejoicing words, thankful words, that positiveness becomes contagious. At first, it's like, oh, that light's bright. Oh, that salt, that's really purified. I don't want to be around that. But pretty soon, as they get accustomed to the light and the salt, they want to hear it. They want to see it because they want that peace as well. Brethren and sisters, I want to encourage you to, in the opposition factor, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And it's only by practicing and practicing walking by the Spirit that you will overcome. I want to encourage you to put these things into practice. Take small bites initially. Come up with things that will work and put them into play in your life. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.